You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I am your host today, Patricia Caputo. Joining me is Nathan Messina and Andre Champagne. How are you both doing today? Doing good. Doing phenomenal. I am doing very well, as well as LSU women's basketball defeated Iowa 102 to 85 to bring home their first ever national title. Is LSU a basketball school, Nathan? LSU is a basketball school. LSU is a women's basketball school. Nice. Got that right. It all happened in Dallas, Texas. Andre Champagne and I had the opportunity to go out there and watch history happen. It was truly an exciting moment, and part of that was because of Jasmine Carson, who went off in this game. Three-point shooting was such a big problem for LSU throughout this entire tournament, and Jasmine Carson came in there, and she scored 22 points in 22 minutes. So, Andre, we'll start with you. As someone who has watched Carson all season long, did you expect her to have the game that she had on a platform such as this one? No, I I don't think anyone thought that she was – the one that was going to go off specifically. But, I mean, she just kind of took the world by storm. By halftime, she was everywhere, like on ESPN. They were calling her, like, LSU Ice Spice. I mean, the memes were great. But uh, she she picked up – she picked a great game to have a great game. And everyone thought LSU didn't have shooters. But, I mean, at the same time, they were just on the bench. Exactly. I mean – We've known she's she's capable of games like this. She had one like this against Florida where she had 25 points. Like, we know she can do it. She just hasn't that much this season, whether it's due to playing time or whatever it may be. But, I mean, she picked the perfect time to step up. And she said that herself uh, in the postgame pressure, too. But I say this a lot, and y'all are probably sick of me saying it, but this is what makes great teams great. Like there's a difference between being a good team and being a great team, and Jasmine Carson is what helped this team be great. And during the press conference, a media member had asked that most people didn't know who Jasmine Carson was, and they said, what is it, Jasmine? Who are you? Tell people who you are so they get to know you a little better, and this is what she had to say. I've been working hard my whole life, and um, I came to LSU just to you know, contribute and win a national title. I wanted to play on the Hall of Fame coach and play with great players. And, um, you know, hard work pays off, and, and God is great. You know, everybody's journey is different, mm-hmm. and you should just embrace your journey. Um, and, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't have wanted a better ending than for it to end. Like I mean, again, Jasmine Carson, just such a big personality coming off of this bench, being able to help LSU win this basketball game. And we have to talk about the other bench players, right, the other players who were able to come off the bench. They got a point in this game in that second quarter – that Kateri Poole and Angel Reese both had two fouls. And if you're an LSU fan, you're saying they're already in foul trouble. That's You could consider that half your starting lineup. Now you have to rely on players to come off the bench and because Angel Reese is going to have to sit out for as long as she possibly can. And there was a point in the game in the second quarter where Angel Reese went back to the bench or was about to come off the bench rather and get back into the game. And so was Poole as well. And then Jasmine Carson drilled the three and all of a sudden Angel Reese ran back to the bench and they didn't have to play. I mean, how helpful is that, Nathan, to have a team like this, to have players who have barely played all season. I mean, to go back to Jasmine Carson real quick, she did not have a single point in the Sweet 16, in the Elite Eight or the Final Four. And then to have these bench players come in, how crucial is it for this team? I mean, it's it like it's as crucial as crucial can get. I mean, that like you said, that's what makes good teams great is when you have uh, the depth in that roster to be able to have players come off the bench and perform like that. I mean, just they showed it in this game. Outside of Caitlin Clark, 
from top to bottom, this LSU roster was just better. Yeah, the bench is what really won LSU this national championship. I mean, the fact that they had to come in the biggest stage with the starters out and having to produce after not getting much playing time together all year is, is astonishing. The production from Carson, obviously, is what people will see, but Poa went and hit some great shots as well, and she completely locked up Caitlin Clark in that second quarter. Samaya Smith also did a phenomenal job down low having to guard Chisano and uh, Chinano, sorry. But, I mean, those are really – there's more than just one unsung hero there. Yeah, I mean, you know it's a big deal. And I don't know if you guys saw, but in that welcome back party that they had on Monday, uh, Mulkey was up there, and she told she told Poa, um, Carson, and Samaya Smith, she was like, all three of y'all stand up. And she was like, these guys, these ladies just won us this game. Like, I need y'all to realize that because uh, Angel Reese and Alexis Morris and Kateri Poole, they were sitting there behind on the bench next to me uh in foul trouble and she was just I mean she really emphasized how big that bench was oh, sh- she has a great point because playing aggressive is such a key and that's how they were able to beat Iowa but they also got themselves into a lot of trouble playing aggressively and to have w- like, once again it's just I'll preach it to have players like this Samaya Smith is a freshman and for her to come in and to play the way she did along with last year Poa and of course like we had just mentioned Jasmine Carson it's what secured this win and this is what Kim Mulkey had to say after the game, during the press conference, on the bench, and the capabilities that they had when Angel Reese and Kateri Poole got into this foul trouble? Well, first of all, when we got in foul trouble and we had three starters sitting over there early in the first half or the first and second quarter, I thought, just keep it close till I can get them back on the floor. That's what's going through your mind. And then Poa hits a three. Jasmine hits another three. Samaya's in there battling. Um, they did. They won the game for us. The game was won, in my opinion, in the second quarter when those three young ladies, Samaya Smith, a freshman, last year Poa, a first-time transfer from junior college, and Jasmine Carson, her last and only year playing for me. When those guys got in there and they extended the lead and scored with Iowa, I thought, this is going to be a fun night. And it was a fun night indeed, for sure. Once again, LSU winning its first national title. And Kim Mulkey just said it best, right? Just having all of these players who were able to come together and get that big win for this LSU team, who is, like we said, a basketball school, okay? I just want to preach that. We are a women's basketball school. But also, let's talk about the other side of the ball in Iowa. And the key here was Caitlin Clark. And everyone who I was talking to said, if you can stop Caitlin Clark, if LSU can stop Caitlin Clark, they will win this game. And in some terms, they did stop her. She still had 30 points. So you can't say, oh, she was completely stopped. LSU did a great job. But What is something to mention here is the foul trouble, and Iowa did the same thing. You had Warnock that got into foul trouble for Iowa, along with Caitlin Clark, who at one point got a technical, which was her fourth foul. Let's talk about that, Nathan. How crucial was it for LSU to also play aggressively and make sure that these star players get into foul trouble themselves? Yeah, I mean, it was huge. We were talking, me, Jaden, and Raven on Out of Bounds, how we were like, we we said exactly that. If you can, Jaden called it exactly. He was like, if you can hold Caitlin Clark to like, 30-ish points and stop her from getting that 40 like she has the past two games, you'll win this game. He called it on the dot. And I really must say, Nathan, I had listened to some of the show as well, and I had tuned into the part where you all were saying, I just don't think LSU is going to be able to defeat Iowa. I just think (laughs) Caitlin Clark is too good. It's funny because I heard all three of you agreeing. And even uh, 
on the podcast, I think you all said it too, that, oh, I just don't know if Caitlin Clark is going to win. This is going to be a tough matchup. And now listening to that later on and saying, wow, like just seeing the future and you're watching it in the past. But if you haven't tuned into that podcast, Nathan had the opportunity to host a podcast last week. He really took on that role as Andre and I went to Dallas and then Jaden and Raven co-hosted. So be sure to tune into that one uh, when you get a chance. Anyway, let's move on. Talk about Alexis Morris, another player that This team could not have won a national championship without Alexis Morris and her star power that she brings to this team. 33 minutes she played, 21 points, 9 assists. Such a crucial aspect to this game. And I had asked her during the game, when was it? Because on Friday night she said, it hasn't hit me yet that we are going to a national championship game. And she said, maybe it will hit me if we win. So I had asked her, when was it, Alexis, that you knew you were going to win a national championship. Was it when you were cutting down the nets? Was it when the final buzzer beated? And this is what Alexis Morris had to say. Oh, I'm gonna be honest. When I when my main ranges started falling, I was like, oh yeah, it's 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 nothing against my teammates. My teammates are over. I've said it's my time. I'm just not gonna let this slip out of our not out of our hands. Like we're too close. I just smell. I just tasted it at the time. Yeah, even when we were like down by seven, I was like, it's not happening. Like, and that's not me being cocky at all. That's just me being, just knowing the moment, getting a feel for, for the game, and, and just being that senior leader and not letting my teammates down, Coach Moki down. LSU, the fans who came, drove hours, flew out here. Just I, I just was so determined to not let nobody down tonight. Andre, how important was it for Alexis Morris to come in here and, like she said, let those mid-range fall? Yeah, uh, Morris had 19 of her 21 points in the second half, and when she gets her mid-range going, then the other team is is off bad. Uh, they should just probably start double teaming her at that point because she's she's like the KD of women's basketball. She's pure score, and that's that's where she's going to get you, you know, to fall. And so uh, that's the senior in her, and I, I think she has a great story. Obviously, I think she wanted it more, and that's kind of what we saw in that fourth quarter. And to continue to talk about Alexis Morris. What was going all around the media on that Saturday when it was finally determined that LSU was going to play Iowa, uh, Alexis Morris had supposedly called Iowa's defense disrespectful against South Carolina. And I wanted to make that clear here. Nathan, I don't know if you have something to say about that. You can, but you'll listen and we'll hear what Alexis Morris had to say about what she really meant by calling Iowa's defense disrespectful, Nathan. Yeah, so I I think it kind of got misconstrued a little bit, the quote that she had. I think what I believe she was referencing was when Caitlin Clark like waved off like uh, South Car- one of South Carolina's players from shooting a three, like dared her to shoot the three by like waving her off with an excessive gesture, which like is fine, it's trash talk, it's whatever. But you know if they took that as disrespect, good, it's fuel for the fire. And again, want to make it clear. So let's hear what Alexis Morris had to say and what she really meant by saying, in so many terms, that she felt that Iowa's defense was disrespectful. What I said was I didn't say Iowa played disrespectful defense. I said to me personally, if someone was to sag off of me, then as a competitor and as someone who puts in the time and the hours and I dedicate time and perfecting my shot, then I would take that as disrespectful. So, and I had complimented Iowa. I said they have great defensive schemes. Like that, that was clever. That's intelligent. You should play that way. You have to play to your your strengths and your weaknesses, and that's what Iowa does on defense. And I gave credit to them. They're they're a great team, a great coaching staff. Kaitlyn's a great player. Um, she's literally changing the game 
she's changing the game for us right now. Her and Angel, they're doing a great job. And I just want to make, make that clear that I, I give respect when it's due and I give credit when it's due. And I don't know if any of you have saw the video, but Alexis Morris, I believe it was before the game, was so excited to meet Caitlin Clark. And she said, I'm so, I usually don't get excited to meet players I'm playing against, but she's just so talented. And there's that level of respect there that the media has kind of just thrown at the door and said, oh, look, these are both teams. They're two competitive players. Oh, and LSU is classless. When that video of Alexis Morris meeting Caitlin Clark just disappeared and it really went under beneath a rock and everyone just said oh look Alexis Morris says I was disrespectful but can you blame them because it is Caitlin Clark's a competitor and I respect her greatly for that but that is kind of a disrespectful move like you had said Nathan and to continue talking about this you have to talk about Angel Reese because you saw Caitlin Clark do that John Cena move as well against South Carolina that you can't see me with the hand gesture in front of your face and then all Angel Reese did at the end of the game was the same thing. The hand gesture and pointed to the ring on her finger, which again was the same thing Joe Burrow did back in 2019 when the Tigers won. And that's iconic. That's cool. Alexis Morris does it and she's classless and she has bad sportsmanship. So let's talk a little bit about that. We'll go to you, Andre. What do you have to say? Is Why is the media saying that Caitlin Clark is competitive and awesome and bringing attention to women's basketball and Angel Reese is noisy and classless and disrespectful? I think it's super ignorant uh, for people to say. I mean, I, they thought it was cold-blooded when Clark did it at first, and now they have a problem with Angel Reese when she does it. So the fact that Clark isn't upset makes everyone else mad as well. But I think if you do something like that in a game, make sure you can back it up and win. But I think Clark did it first, so Angel came and obviously did it. It's good for the game. I think it's good for the game when that stuff like that happens. But also, I mean, a lot of people – made it to say, oh, it's a time thing because Angel was like kind of following her around on the court when she did it, which could have been a little too much. But, I mean, when you're in the moment, you just want a national championship, right? Like, I wouldn't care. Uh, I mean, if if that's me on the court, I'm, you know, I'm pointing to my ring too. I'm doing the you can't see me too. Andre's doing a lot more than that. I'm doing way more than that. Like, y'all would not want to see me in that situation, right? Like, No, I'm good. It's, it's not, you're going to have fighting words you're for me. You're talking about classless. Yeah. Leave it to Angel Reese, okay? But, I, but they still credited both players at the end of the game. I mean, Angel Reese just said it herself too in an interview with ESPN that I just took it disrespectfully and I don't take disrespect lightly, she said, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so ridiculous to me the way that people are criticizing Angel for this. Like, like you said, Caitlin Clark's been doing this literally all tournament long, probably all season long. There's clips of her, like we talked about, waving off the South Carolina players. Um, there's the one of her doing the you can't see me at uh, Haley Van mm -hmm. Life, I think is how you say it. Yes. And there's she also told there's a clip of her telling Haley in I, th I believe the same game, like shut up, you're down by 15 yep, points. She did say that. Like everybody talks trash. This is good for the game. I don't understand why people are so mad about it. It's drawing in people to this game, and it's just it's crazy to me that people are are going after just Angel for it when, like I said, she's been doing it all tournament, and it's like. People want to make it all about, oh, it's, well, it's it's different because she was following around the, the court after. It's not different. People want to just coincidentally draw that line at where Angel does it. No, man, that's you're just moving the goalposts at that point. And it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, yeah, there's a lot of people I'm talking to, where, and they're saying, oh, well, I didn't like when Caitlin Clark did it, but they didn't say anything on Twitter about it. Yeah, exactly. The outrage <laughs> didn't start until Angel did it. Exactly, and, and until they won. Because if LSU had not won, it would have been, I'm so happy LSU lost. They're full of themselves. Now, Caitlin Clark did that all tournament, which I think she should. 
I've always loved great players. And I'm talking about Deion Sanders, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens, his own teammates didn't like him because he was so cocky. Tony Romo, Jason Witten, when he was on the Cowboys, they couldn't stand him. That's the one reason. I mean, I'm pretty sure he got, he punched an Eagles player in the locker room and they were on the same team, but it was because he was so good. And that's why players dealt with him because they said, this guy has the possibility of helping us win games. And why does he say, get your popcorn ready? Why does he say that? Because every single time he goes out on the field, he's going to put on a show. I'm all about talking game if you can back it up. And I think Caitlin Clark can back it up, and that's why she can talk. I think Angel Reese can back it up, and that's why she can talk, and that's why LSU can talk. At the end of the game, there's a winner. Totally agree. But also, you can't get mad that women's sports that you're that are you could say are really getting attention, most viewed women's basketball game ever, with 12.6 million tuned in and an average of 9.9 <coughs> million people. And then to have a problem with them being as competitive as all these other male athletes who have been praised for years. Deion Sanders, one of the greats, so cocky. I mean, you could say yeah. he, he might say like confident, but him, Terrell Owens, and a lot of people didn't like them back then too. So you have to admit that. But also now, again, they're considered one of the greats. Right. And what is Angel Reese? Classless, apparently. Exactly. And this is what she had to say about it. And I really did like her response because simply put it, she says, I don't really care what you think about me. I have a ring. <laughs> All year, I was critiqued about who I was. Nobody, I don't, yeah, yeah, the narrative, I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. So this was for the girls that look like me, that gonna, that's going to speak up on what they, they believe in. It's unapologetically you. And that's what I did it for tonight. This was for the more than it was bigger than me tonight. Yeah, and I think I loved when she said that because it went viral on social media, and it's true. And again, to note, she multiple times in that press conference said it's bigger than me. It's bigger than even this team. It's about other people. So to say that she has bad sportsmanship, and then to go out there and to credit Iowa on ESPN when she had just won a national championship and made history at LSU in her first season at LSU, and then to go in a press conference and say, this really isn't about me. I don't care about being defensive player of the year. I don't care about breaking the double-double record. I care about winning a national championship for this team. But she's still classless. It doesn't really make much sense to me. In my opinion, when you do all that and you beat all those odds and you win the national championship, you can talk have, have as much smack as you want at that point. You earned it. Winning fixes everything, exactly. and it's, it's happened. If you look at a lot of sports teams who have had troubles in the past with anything, I mean, I'm talking down to scandals, and like at one point, Tom Brady, there was rumors that he wanted to leave the Patriots, and everyone just said, if they win, there won't be problems. And at the end of the day, that's true. And unfortunately, with the world of social media, I like what Kim Mulkey said in the press conference. She said, if you want me to talk about social media, I like the media themselves more than social media. And she said, because you all will say it to my face and social media, you can hide behind a platform. You can hide behind a computer and say whatever you want. And what really just gets me is when there's these 40 year old, middle aged, mostly men, human beings, I will say, because there are men and women who are calling Angel Reese horrific names, who are saying horrific things, cursing at her through Twitter, like, Really? Grown men what call are your calling a 20-year-old woman an effing idiot? Like, are you serious yes. right now? What are your standards? Exactly. And uh, it's, just, it's quite embarrassing, and it's quite sad because Angel Reese is 20 years old, and oftentimes in college sports, <laughs> we really do fail to remember that they're college athletes and also they're human beings alongside of that. 
But to wrap this up, despite that, LSU is going to get a ring. No matter what anybody says, no matter how mad everybody is, LSU has won their first national championship. Nathan, what does this win mean for women's college basketball in general and also LSU? I mean, it's huge. I'll, I'll address women's basketball in general first. I mean, you said earlier it had over 12 million viewers for this game. I saw that. I know the the Iowa versus South Carolina had more viewers than any uh, any NBA game over mm-hmm. the entire season. And this is in the season where LeBron James broke the all-time scoring record. And it had even more views than that. I mean, it's just unbelievable how far women's sports has come. And then when you have the entire, like, internet talking about women's basketball, you know you've made it pretty far. Yeah, I mean, pretty much basing off what Nate said, I mean, this one's huge for, for not only LSU but women's basketball in general. I mean, they broke the record for most viewed championship game in women's history, but also – most viewed women's game historically. So, I mean, it, it actually had more viewers than the Orange Bowl. So that should just tell you how much women's basketball. And Sugar Bowl, I believe. Yeah, and Thursday Night Football. So, yeah. I mean, that should just tell you how much women's basketball is growing in general and what it can become if you start marketing for it. Exactly. And one more thing I want to point out is it starts at the college level. Mm-hmm. When player, mm-hmm. When people are noticing these players and following them through college, they're going to follow them into the pros too. I agree with you there. I mean, when Angel Reese, Angel Reese has two more years to play at the college level, but when she does go to the NBA, even when Caitlin Clark goes to the NBA, how exciting it will be to see those players possibly match up against each other once again in the future. As for LSU, could there be a statue of Angel Reese one day? Kim Mulkey could definitely see it. (laughs) I could definitely see it. I think it puts LSU on the map for basketball because I think Will Wade, who is no longer with LSU basketball, of course, but he said that oftentimes basketball is just that layover from football to baseball, and now it's different. I mean, you even look at that women's game to talk about it just from women's basketball aspect of it. That was also a sold-out arena. There was over 19,000 people there. It was the most ever in a women's college basketball game, especially a championship game, and that was exciting to see too. ton of Iowa fans. I know it was the first time for both teams, so that likely had a great impact on it as well, but that's exciting to see when not only are millions of people watching, but you also have thousands of fans in the stands cheering for their team, and I I think it's just remarkable, and I think that happens because of players like Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese who aren't afraid to show their personalities because people find a liking to them. For sure, and just to comment on the fans real quick, I just want to talk about LSU fans as far as that comes because so I went to the uh the, the watch party in the PMAC to watch the game right and they had it on the big jumbotron everybody they, they had the PMAC a little less than half full probably and it was louder in there than I think I've heard it most of the games this season I mean I literally like I have an Apple watch right and it was giving me like the loud noise alerts like 90 to 95 decibels like telling me if I sat in there for too long I was gonna lose the hearing <laughs> And, and and with with it less than half full, it was unbelievable. And it, it was just watching the videos that I saw that everyone had posted. It was quite exciting to see that, um, and just to see what what LSU has done here. And just to say one more thing about Angel Reese, I know we are journalists, we are reporters practicing all of the ethics. But Angel Reese was also in my Spanish class at the same time, still an LSU student, and she was actually my Spanish partner. And she was really one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I'm not just saying that she seriously was very humble and wanted to participate. And it's something like what Kobe would say, where Kobe was such a hard worker that he didn't just work hard in basketball. He worked hard at every aspect of his life of being a father, of being a husband, of 
like I had said, being a basketball player. And that's when I think of Angel Reese, that's what I think of. Because she would go to Spanish class, she would work hard, that I know she'd have to go to practice and work hard. Then I'd see her in a game and she'd work hard. And personally, if you are saying bad things about Angel Reese, you don't know her. That's just a simple fact that you are, like Kim Mulkey said, hiding behind a screen. And everybody, it feels like everybody who has like commented on Angel Reese has in the same breath said, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Like there'll be, I saw a guy, this guy, Mark, uh, Mark Titus, who works for, I believe, Barstool, but he's big in in the the college basketball uh, social media world. He like started a comment. I think it was about Kim Mulkey and not Angel Reese, but same conversation. And he, he started off the sentence with, look, I went into this game not really caring, but man, I hate Kim Mulkey or something like that. Like, if you don't know what you're talking about, don't comment on it. The same guy, Keith Olbermann, who called, who was cursing out Angel Reese mm-hmm. on Twitter, he apologized later saying, I have the quote pull up, I apologize for being uninformed last night about the backstory on this. I don't follow hoops, college or pro, men or women. I had no idea about Clark. Both are wrong. Like, if you, if you don't know what you're talking about, just don't talk about it in general. Mm-hmm. Just stay in your lane. Don't say anything. And I'm pretty sure there was a general rule in elementary school. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say <laughs> exactly. it at all. Even if you're behind a computer screen, that, that exactly. still counts, especially to, in in their cases, women who are half their age. Yeah. It, like, just to say it just quite bluntly. It's weird at that point. It is. And again, of course, if you don't watch it and you're just watching it because you're finally seeing hype around it, don't comment on it. Because exactly. you'll also have a better understanding if you've watched it all season, the personalities of Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. And you'll understand, oh, they're just competitive and they're just basketball players trying to get a job done. And that's just that's my take on it. And I think a lot of other people agree. And then there's a lot of people who, like we had said, maybe don't watch women's college basketball and have a different opinion on it. With that being said, let's get back to the celebration. When Andre and I were there, we had the opportunity to interview current WNBA players who were formerly LSU players. We had the opportunity to interview coaches and the SEC commissioner. And we here at KLSU put together a compilation of what every person had to say about the impact of this win in women's college sports and for LSU, of course. So just to put this into perspective, because, of course, there's no visual, I did want to rattle off the names that you'll hear in each clip. So first off, you got SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, and then you have Jalen Cherry, who was a former LSU player, along with Kayla Porner. Then you have Angel Reese's mom, whose also name is Angel Reese. Then you have Joe Schwartz, who helps out with women's LSU basketball. Shante Crutchfield, who does the same thing with Joe Schwartz. And then, of course, head coach Kim Mulkey. And then we finished it off with President Tate, who is also elated about this win. the excitement in the arena through the weekend this was now been to a number of, of women's final fours and national championship games this was to me the most intense atmosphere this is big they did it they did it not only for them but for lsu for everybody else that couldn't do it so i'm happy i'm happy i love kim i love this program i love lsu we bleed purple and gold baby we literally have tears in our eyes just nothing but happiness for the girls and just love and just I'm so happy for this program. Like, there's so many that alumni that are here right now. They're just excited for this moment, and I'm proud to be saying I'm from LSU. Words can't describe it. I'm so happy for Angel, her teammates, the entire LSU women's basketball community, the way they embraced her. I am just excited. I am just proud. I, I'm lost for words. Look at this. In two years, back home in Texas, cutting down nets, national champions. It's unbelievable. People can talk about that cupcake strength of schedule, but that ring cupcake's gonna taste really nice in a few months. I, I just have no words. It's undescribable. It's undescribable, and 
I put it on my social media where the day that we made the Final Four was the day to, a year to the day that my mom eulogized her last year. And so for us to make it on the day, and she loves this time of year, she was the one that put a ball in each of our hands, our, my siblings. It's amazing. With about a minute and 30 to go, I couldn't hold it. Got very emotional. That's really not like me until that final buzzer goes off, but I knew we were going to hold on and win this game. And I don't know if it's the mere fact that we are doing this in my second year back home. I don't know if it was the fact that I am home. I don't know if it was looking across there at my daughter and my grandchildren. I don't know if it was looking across at Ellis. I don't know what it was, but I lost it. I, I just think that what happened here was one of the most special things that I've ever seen in, in athletics. A team that nobody counted on. They talked about our strength of schedule. Every single blog voted against us. Quote, unquote, we're playing America's team. America's team is in Louisiana, and they're the national champions, LSU Tigers. LSU Tigers, America's team, according to President Tate. <laughs> Love to hear it. It really was just so beautiful to see the reactions of every single coach and player and former player and how everyone was just elated. And it really is like what Angel Reese said, that it, it's more than just the players. I mean, just the coaches who have been working toward this all season, it's hard to win national championships and the team just did it. And to see just the looks on everyone's faces, the happiness and the excitement that they had was quite incredible. If it's enough to make Kim Mulkey cry, you know it's good. <laughs> That's what she, and for her to say that she lost it, she said, I usually, I really don't do this. I like to wait until the final buzzer, till the clocks hit the double zero. But then you had likely saw by now that heartwarming, I think with, like she had said, a minute left to go with Flage and just mm -hmm. the hug that she had embraced, just knowing that they were going to win the game. Again, just a beautiful moment, a historical moment, something that if you were there, if you were watching it, it's like, where were you when? And you'll forever remember that, uh, no doubt. I mean, I know that I definitely will just being there and just the excitement of everybody on that court and everybody in the stands as well. And that is all we have for you today. We wanted to dedicate this just specifically to LSU women's basketball because of the history that we made to wrap things up, we will have a story about Stan Douglas, who is a super LSU fan, an LSU super fan, and has actually, in fact, been to every single LSU Final Four matchup. And it was just dedicated and was very confident that LSU was going to bring home a national championship trophy. With that, I am Patricia Caputo. Along with me was Nathan Messina and Andre Champagne. And this has been the Hodges Huddle. Thousands of LSU fans traveled to Dallas to watch LSU's women's basketball team defeat Virginia Tech in the Final Four. Superfan Stan Douglas has waited decades to see LSU bring home a national title. I've been to all the Final Fours. This makes the fifth one. This one we hope to take care of, bring home the national championship. That's what it means for me. I want to see that thing hanging in the P-Mac. To represent his love for the Tigers, Douglas wore a purple top hat with some extra accessories. Well, as you see, that it has 
uh, the, the pins from each Final Four. It has some tickets from the Final Fours. His hat was also signed by LSU stars Angel Reese and Alexis Morris. Morris scored 27 points in the team's win against Virginia Tech to send them to the finals, which was eerily similar to what Douglas had predicted Morris would score in the game. I haven't been wrong on Morris the last two weeks. I told you, get, 18, get 15, she got 15. I said, get 20, she got 21. Today, I told her she had to have 25. Overall, Douglas had faith LSU would become national champions for the first time in the school's history. I will have a pin that says national championship when I go home. It looks like Douglas was right about all of his predictions. LSU defeated Iowa 102-85 to in the national championship and added their names to the history books. Patricia Caputo reporting for KLSU.